Welcome to Dustress. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Hello, and welcome to an Elder Dream Games production of Dustress. This podcast is made possible by our patrons, Brian Bridges, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan from LCP D&D, and our very own Don Bewley and Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. All right, so last time, y'all woke up literally in a corner of a world, found some bags with some gear in it, had to trek across a swamp, ended up making yourselves a boat, and met some new people out in the desert who took you to Veshna, where you were being trained for your magic. So the first thing you need to know is any questions anybody has for their trainers? Um, all. All. Uh, could I just get the name of my trainer again? Yes. The divine trainer, here I will type it in, is Krant Reagan. I thought these are in there somewhere, but I don't know where. So we'll, we'll type this. I'm so slow today. My fingers are even slow. Oh, okay. So I did have it written. I just thought I misspelled it horribly. It's just a really cool fantasy name. That's my bad. <laughs> he uh, is a... Half elf. In case you don't have that written down. And yes, I use I, I have a, a fantasy name generator on my phone, and that's how I find names on the fly. Or even when I'm creating things. So some of them are kind of weird. Oh, it's a good weird. I just thought it was my horrible handwriting. <laughs> oh, Sean found it. Look at that. So, yes, uh, Arthur Drumwind is the head of the fort in charge of all the instructors. Saul Webb is the arcane instructor. Krent Bregan is the divine instructor. And Ines Corbin is the psychic instructor. And basically, y'all were told y'all are allowed to spend... They suggest you stay at least a week, but you're allowed to spend as long as you want here just basically studying and practicing with the magic so that you can cast it without killing yourself, learn where your limits are, that kind of thing. So, yes, I ask, awesome. I ask all the questions whilst uh, playing playing to the ego of, of my teacher to get him to tell me things that he maybe shouldn't. What questions are, do you want to ask? It's important for you to actually ask them so other people can hear the answers. Uh, well, like, whenever he's like, well, this is a cantrip. And, like, I, I keep pushing for, like, higher higher power magic. Like, so, like, like where everybody else is like, okay, now ease along and, and find the edge of your limit. I'm like, probably pushing it a little early. All right. Um, Is that fucking magic? So what are you going to try to cast? 
<laughs> if I actually pick something I want to cast, I'm going to die. Uh, mm. Which is the reason I asked the question. Let, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. There it is. It's under S, not D. Hmm. Let's see if Rick kills himself, guys. <laughs> I would prefer not. I would probably try casting. Oh boy. Loading times are awesome. Whoa. Such such happy. Very load. Can't even get past level one. Oh, there we go. Hmm. <laughs> um, I will cat I will attempt to cast Euphoric Cloud. <laughs> what level spell is that? Level two. So I will knock the fuck out. Yeah. Um first I want you to uh roll me a will save to see if you're even able to channel that much life force into it. That's uh, a two on the die, so probably not. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't have a huge plus at level one, so no. I get plus one. No, you cannot even channel that much of your life force into this into to cast the spell. Look at you with your fancy will save. <laughs> plus one. <laughs> I don't even fucking knock out. I'm just like, ah! <laughs> 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 Oh shit. Web, what am I doing wrong? You have to start small and work your way up. As we as we practice, are they like readily healing us from the damage we take so we can yes. continue practicing? Oh yes. okay. Um the of course the, the cantrips will be easy enough. You won't uh, actually use up any life force doing that. But as you attempt the higher level spells they they do have healers on hand. Excellent. Dawn. Mm-hmm. Mr. Divine. Yes. Make me an intelligence check. Oh dear. Oh no, that's a natural one on the die. Uh let me just see what my intelligence score is for old Brigord. That's a plus zero. All right, so it it does not occur to you what's going on here. <laughs> We're rolling hot tonight. Yeah. Now, uh, as the week progresses, I will let you other two make an intelligence check as well, as you, you've gotten a better under getting a better understanding of your magic. Sixteen. Oh. Okay, so both of y'all noticed something very curious about these healers. Either they have so much life force that you just can't imagine it, or they seem to be able to cast these heal spells just back to back to back. It doesn't seem to strain them at all. Hmm. That's something I'd like to bring up to Anath. One day, we're practicing, and 
Russell's approach to this all is very uh, methodical. Uh, gamblers and sleight of hand people, you know, they they don't just try new stuff on the fly. You know, he probably spends the bulk of the first week just doing cantrips over and over. You know, learning. You know, does mage hand move five pounds faster <laughs> than it moves two pounds or slower? You know, so on and so forth. How small can I make a light spell? And stuff like that. All right. But no, probably at some point in that week, he'll uh, he'll look over to Aneth and be like, "So, uh, how's uh, how do those healers do what they do? Because by my reckoning, they would be passing out every few times they brought one of us back up." Hmm, yeah, normally they would. Um, some people have discovered ways to tap into their magic without expending their life force. Huh. The healers seem to do it easiest, um, probably because their magic comes from gods themselves. Uh, so, deity takes the hit instead of them. Fair enough. But they're... There have been a, a few individuals to figure it out for, for every type of magic. So, does anybody know what something like that costs a fella? Well, um, the healers say that they have to basically devote themselves completely to a deity. Um, so, I suppose it affects their morality, uh, depending on the deity, how they choose to live their life, that kind of thing. Hmm. Sh strikes me as weird. This whole idea that there's uh, some way to do all this for free. I get the fact that you can kill yourself doing this shit, but that uh, making something without it costing nothing, that's... that's uh, that just ain't right. I suppose there's a cost associated to it to some degree. Um, if if you have to devote your life completely to a god. Yeah, that never worked out for me where I came from. Now, rumor has it that uh, there's a lady up in uh, Kelna that can cast the psychic magic without it costing her anything. Really? Whether it's true or not, I don't know. I've never traveled that far. That I'm gonna have to remember just in case I wander off that way. So, what's Kelna? Oh, it's it's a little mining town. Hmm. That I can relate to. It's up in the up in up in the northeast. Ah, there it is. Yeah, and that that's going to be the bulk of Russell's like Russell's not even necessarily going to concentrate so much on the magic like a lot of this he's not going to necessarily trust other people on like he'll he'll take instruction and lesson but he's going to be more experimentation as far as learning his magic but like every time something comes up like that like a town name a, a culture or something like that he's going to hone in on those 
And in your free time, if you wish, there is a, they do have a library. You can read a little bit about the towns that are on your map, things like that, if you like, or research anything in particular that you wish to research about this world. <laughs> what about your other two? You got any questions? You got any things you want to look up? Uh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, like Russell, I was going to be experimental rather than uh, a deep diver. <laughs> uh, so uh, his magic, it will be very slow. You know, uh, Brigord now realizes he's not dead or dreaming, so he doesn't want to throw all the all these gifts that he's been given away. So he is going to be very careful with what he uses and how. And, you know, he's not going to try and... Uh, game this system because he has no real guile. So he's going to, you know, his instructor who is in task to teach him, he is going to trust almost to a fault. <laughs> Alright. And Rick's over there trying to kill himself. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think Rick um, Rick, Rick would pull back after probably being told that uh, that he w he was gonna pull too much juice and and it wasn't gonna end well for him. Uh, he'd probably pull back, master prestidigitation, and uh, like I think he he would experiment too, in more or less his off time. Uh, but he he's gonna dive deep with uh, with Saul and. He, he's going to try and figure out everything he can about this magic shit. Because this is pulling pulling reality warping shit out of thin air. So Alright, so does he ask Saul about the divine casters? Uh yeah, he, he, he would ask about that. Like why why doesn't it kick them to uh heal us? Right. So, uh, he's going to get pretty much the same information as far as they devote themselves to a deity and, and live life by these guidelines for this deity and therefore they can cast for free. Um, he will learn of a place in Val uh, Valinor that uh, there's a tower of mages there. They are very secretive in the fact that they don't let anybody in. In order to get in, you have to learn to cast without using your life force. So in order to get in, you gotta figure it out, huh? Yep. <laughs> That's not to say that there aren't maybe other people in the world who have figured it out and just have no interest in being with it in this tower, this mage's guild or whatever. But that's what they use as a test. Alright. What, what, what about you, Webb? Can you do that? No. Damn. So, like, I think Rick would also ask Webb a bunch of, like, things that somebody from... Our, our world would ask a Gandalf type, like, where is your magic staff? Or, have you gone on an adventure? <laughs> uh, 
Can I see your flying broom? Yeah. Um. He does not have a flying broom or a magic staff. To put magic permanently in an item means to seal away part of your life force in that item and not to be able to recover it. Break things for a minute. What about the cantrips? You could put those into an item easy enough. But uh, you're not going to get a flying broom doing that. <laughs> you underestimate how many pebbles I can cast Mage Hand on. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, every strand of straw in this broom is five pounds of power. No. Uh... I would I would probably go to him. I'd be like, "Come on, come on, Master Wizard! Is isn't there another way? Isn't there anything, anything fancy like that?" There are people who who make such items, but when you're paying somebody to give away a piece of their life, you're paying a pretty penny. That makes sense. Now, items that will channel magic is another story. Don't just leave me hanging, Web. Certain items, if they're made well enough, you can channel a spell through them. Cool, cool. Like, uh, like give me an example. Uh, he'll take you, as I come on, and he will take you out a little bit away from the fort itself, mm-hmm. grabbing a bow from one of the archers. As he walks along. And he fires the bow. Mm -hmm. And where the arrow goes, hits a little tree and explodes in a fireball. Holy shit. Yeah. You just, so, so you shot the arrow and it exploded. I channeled the magic into the arrow. Damn. So, uh, let me, let me ask you this, Web. Alright, so, say, say I get into trouble, right? You do seem like the type. Thanks. So, say I get in trouble, and I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm almost tapped out, something like that. Is there any, any way I can, like, do magic without it eating into me? Like, maybe, I don't know. Uh, you know what a potion is? Like, is that thing? Like, mana potions, healing potions, uh, love potions. You want to put your magic into one-time use items. Uh, Rick snaps his fingers. That, I guess. Sounds right. Consumables. <laughs> It, yeah, you, it can be done. Is that going to kill me? No, like, say you've got a day off where you're not planning to use your magic for anything else. You can take some, some items, put some magic into them. All right, I got you. Hmm. All right, Web. 
You gonna teach me how to blow shit up like that? <laughs> how long do you plan on staying here? Uh, not too much longer, I don't guess. You're gonna have to get stronger before you can cast something like that. Well, fuck. Alright. I will go about my training then. Now, if you want, you can work on creating a much smaller version of that where instead of like a a full explosion, you've got like like think a small little fire bolt or something like that. Hmm. I will think about that. I will try and do that. Okay, make me what level you're gonna try to do it at. Uh, first, because I okay. don't want to die. Maybe we'll see. But you can hear in his voice that he so doesn't want to do a level one. I know. <laughs> uh, 16. Yeah, you can do it. I am out. Yeah. It's just a small one. It It's going to do like, you know, like a D4 or D6 worth of damage. It's something. It explodes in a tiny little radius. But it explodes, and that makes Rick happy. Well, that—that that is the whole reason we're here is to make Rick happy, <laughs> right? Um, that is the reason Brian and Don give up their time to record is so Rick can be happy. Yes. Well, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a good thing that Brigard is so uh, very good at creating water. Uh, because Rick now has a fire spell. So you're going to set, set shit on fire and he's going to put it out? <laughs> I mean, he has the skill set now. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, Russell does have the uh, material components necessary to make Brigard cast that make water spell, you know, about <laughs> 35 more times. <laughs> <laughs> You do that another 20 or 30 more times, and I'm going to be upset. <laughs> we, we might get something other than water. <laughs> so, y'all can, like I said, basically y'all are allowed to stay here as long as you wish. Y'all can talk amongst yourselves if you want to, to just decide how long y'all wish to stay. Y'all would be told that uh, Valinor is the... Uh, biggest major city in the area and that would be where most people go when uh, they have finished their training uh, I do have a, uh, a world question are there this isn't necessarily for my character, but to uh, maybe for the listeners and, well, me specifically, I'm curious. Are there familiars and animal companions out and about? Um, yes. Okay. It is something that uh, for all classes can, can theoretically um, do, but it's going to require rituals to be able mm -hmm. to do it. Um. And such rituals do require a good bit of magic. So they are usually done in a group of casters of the same kind so that everybody can uh, channel some life force without having to give up too much. 
but the three of us being different uh, types, we couldn't pool our resources into like a stone right. golem or something. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> but like, if you wanted an animal companion or a familiar, you could get with other casters of the same type to <laughs> perform the perform the ritual to obtain one. Do uh do you have to be that type of caster to get that type of familiar or animal companion? No. Any mage can do it. Excellent. I don't suppose there's a bunch of people around here looking to get a familiar. Well, I mean there there are groups uh of people here all of them are not huge casters. A lot of them are people who have concentrated on like their fighting skills, that kind of thing. It is a fort. But there are enough people around that y'all could have these rituals done if you wanted to get yourself a familiar or a companion. I think I would like to try and get one. Okay. So... What are you going to try to get? I'm I'm looking. Uh, okay, you do that. Let me know when you figure it out. <laughs> I feel like everybody's looking at me. We are. So, uh, while, while, uh, while the kid's figuring that out, Russell's going to do a thing he was thinking about doing the other day after he found a book in the library late one night. All right. And uh, he's gonna he's gonna see if he can find Thea, the uh, the uh, the elf who was on the uh, escort team. Ah. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna use some of those spells you linked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing horrible, mind you. But um, was it? There's the the no preference one or something. It was a zero level. Right. Let's see if she had a thing for humans. Um, let me roll a dice here. For all the listeners who don't know, because I don't know if it was mentioned in recording, apparently there's there's an erotic deity, and there are erotic spellcasters, so in the spirit of fairness, poor Tracy had to give a group of players access to a list of erotic spells. <laughs> and uh, Right. I learned back in my D&D 3-5 days there are hella ways to exploit those spells in all kinds of horrible ways. <laughs> there are. We had a, actually had a campaign where uh, Sean let a, a Callistrian bard, I think it was, mm -hmm. have those spells. And you would be surprised how effective they can be in combat. Mm -hmm. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh, basically, she could walk in and um, cast uh, a version uh, of the spell that made people start having constant orgasms, which makes them very ineffective at fighting. I had nothing. I just have nothing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to fight in, in that situation. So, yeah, very, can be very effective in combat. 
But uh, yes, the dice say that Thea would be more than happy to take care of all your needs. I do have that hedonistic trait. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, Russell is is the first of the group to get laid by a non-human in the new world. <laughs> Trying to make me a bingo card or something. <laughs> See if you can hit all the races before anybody else. <laughs> the trick is, is it's not actually a free spot. The middle square is just drider. <laughs> <laughs> Trip to the Underdark. Russell needs to fill out his bingo card. Yeah. Damn. Everybody's still staring at Rick while he's trying to decide what familiar he would like. Uh, can we do the archetypes? Familiar archetypes? What weird thing are you wanting to do? Uh, Let's well, just simplify I this. Even I know, Thank you. I, I know what you. I want as a uh, familiar. It's a Dwemer cap. It's a little it's, it's a little glowing mushroom. Okay, you can have a little glowing mushroom, but what archetype are you wanting to give it? Uh... Let me see. So far, I'm only uh, partially regretting asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if there's something weird Sean can do, Sean's going to do it. I mean, the last major campaign I ran, he had a guy with a tentacle face running around making people insane. Uh, is it something other than an elephid? He was, uh... I, I was based off of an elephant. Alright, yeah, yeah, I knew a thing. Cool. Uh, I guess while Rick is uh, looking through uh, zoo, zoo books, uh, <laughs> Brigor's going to continue with his training as he was before, but uh, uh, hearing and learning that the healers are divine casters and knowing uh, he is a divine caster, he would uh, start to... And seeing how uh, reckless, at least, uh, Rick is being, he would kind of like to make sure he has enough training to deal with the repercussions of the other party members' exuberance. Right. So, you do have uh, access, of course, to the cure spells. Mm -hmm. um, as a divine caster, I'm also giving you a cantrip. It will only heal one hit point. But since it's a cantrip, it doesn't cost you anything to cast it. And so would there be, and not to uh, pull a Sean, is there a way I could spam this and just cantrip every six seconds until... Uh... Basically, you can do that. Okay. Um, but you can also use it quickly to stop somebody from bleeding out, you know, to stabilize them, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um which th I know there is a stabilized spell. It's basically just a stabilized spell is going to heal one hit point for you. Okay, and I was going to ask if I need to have a separate name for this specific cantrip? No, you're just okay. using stabilized, but it's going to heal one hit point when you cast it. Okay, just want to make sure that I'm, you know, calling, like, clarifying when I'm doing these things correctly. Gotcha. Cool. And um, uh, for Brigord's part, he, he understands that these people, these other healers 
have access to these powers by uh, submitting to a higher power. Uh, at this point, Brigord isn't going to submit fully to that because he he's now in this brave new world. He wants to set out with his own abilities without you know shackling himself to uh, a deity he may not know. Well, I mean, he definitely doesn't know anything about any of these deities. But, so would Brigard, uh, would Brigard, as a divine caster, actually talk to one of the divines that has the unlimited magic? Uh, as a curiosity, yes. Yeah, he would feel like he would need to uh, round out his education to see all that is offered. You're going to find out something the other two didn't. Ooh. Uh, yes, when they devote themselves to a deity, they do get to cast their spells with no cost to their HP so long as they remain devoted to their deity. But their spell list becomes much, much more limited. Mm. Their trade-off is they get fewer spells that they can cast. So the ones that are here are devoted to a deity of healing. They can cast their healing spells unlimitedly. Um, any they can cure diseases, they can do regeneration, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, but they can't cast other spells from the Divine List. Gotcha. Okay, and uh, uh, gaining this knowledge, uh, Brigord's still going to eschew uh, worship of a deity because he has, you know, he, over this week, after he's learned his letters, he, he now sees <laughs> the, 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 the breadth and depth of all this magic he has access to uh, I, I feel like Brigord would feel restricted to get access to this only to narrow his vision so tightly and, again, having to, you know, rely on... He, he's uh, Brigord comes from a tribe of community, so he's not opposed to selflessness, but getting this chance and then slamming that door shut... He's not going to do it, so he is going to uh, dabble, but continue to take the costs. Right. But, yeah, that is that is the cost of unlimited magic, um, is that it does limit the list severely as to what you can cast. Okay. And uh, another world question. The deities of this world, are they strictly Pathfinder, or are they all homebrew? Uh, all the Pathfinder deities are there, mm -hmm. but what y'all would know, uh, which you, especially you doing divine could research, mm -hmm. is uh, the deities of just about every world that people come from, that travelers come from, are also active here. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, and I will say Brigord will do the due diligence of any first-time tabletop game player and at least read the quick summary of each of the gods just to kind of see what there is to offer but you know okay this is cool oh you know one for war one for love gotcha gotcha one for death yep gotta be the the one for luck and uh, just kind of just close that book and you know not shackle him not shackle but uh, not commit himself right to uh, one deity Right. Um, basically, you, you would figure out that uh, the gods have domains, uh, and when you co commit yourself to the worship of one of them and commit to the lifestyle, they would have you lead in order to get your unlimited casting 
there's the spells that you that you end up keeping have to be in in alignment with their domain. So uh, I just rolled two d six at random, and it took Russell six, or eight days to discover that Caden Kalian is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the god of drinking and fighting. <laughs> the god of drinking and fighting. So Rick, how's the zoology coming? <laughs> uh. I kind of want to get it to be the valet archetype, but I think that a lot of it kind of gets gets nixed uh, with the system. So I'm going to go with a, I think just a default one. What? Yeah. Sense motive. This doesn't sound like Sean. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard the word default come out of Sean's mouth, but. That was a three for sense motive. I want to eat Brigard's soul. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just want to eat those uh, actually homemade cooked on the grill hamburgers Josh has promised me. But. Oh, call in out. In the meantime. Yep. <laughs> So yes, um, you and uh, Saul, he would know who to gather together to bring enough people together in a group. And you would basically take about four hours uh, of everybody to being there to, to do this ritual. Um, it will leave everybody except Saul because he is just stronger um, at one HP, but you will gain a familiar. Okay. Which I am sure these uh, the other two will notice when you go out to dinner tonight. No mushroom sitting, sitting on my shoulder. You have a mushroom doing what? Yeah, say that first sentence, Sean. Sitting. Sitting Sitting on my shoulder. Oh, sitting. It's not what you said at first. (laughs) Now, is this like a... uh, I I don't know if everyone doesn't know, but I don't quite know what a Dwemer cap is. It is a... Little mushroom with undulating patterns of purple and orange luminescence on it. And it can slowly just trudge along on basically any surface. Is it like a Mario mushroom? Uh, I don't know. It just I'm, I'm trying to find a picture of it. Yeah, I'm not trying to bog things down. I'm just, I'm, I'm legit curious. I've never heard of this. I don't see any official art for it. I'd have to find out what book it's in. Oh, maybe the green magic one? Let's see. 
ultimate wilderness. Yes! I have ultimate wilderness. I can find that. I can find the source for it, I just can't find a picture of it. Okay. Give but me it is from ultimate, ultimate Wilderness, which is a cool book. So, are either of the other of you going to, to do the familiar things or animal companions, or are you just going to leave that for now? Russell's going to leave that for now. Um, that, that looks like it involves, you know, responsibility and whatnot. Yes, yes, it does. And uh, Brigord is uh, intrigued by it. I'm certain throughout his life he had uh, hunting animal companions, but uh, right now he doesn't know what the world has in store, and he'd feel awful if he would bring something just, you know, for comfort or companionship, and it just not work out for him. So uh, I think for now, Brigord's going to pass on the companion as well. All right, and there is a picture. That is very scary looking. Is that what is sitting on your shoulder? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold, hold on. Uh, I am scrolling now to try and find it. I like that we both have the exact same color scheme for this. <laughs> that was I'm screenshotting why this. That's why I was waiting for him to... Uh, to post the picture of the actual Dwemer cap so I can find the hat that glue. <laughs> uh, it does not appear that there is an image for it. Okay. So, sure. Was that Momo or Patches commenting? I don't uh, know. <laughs> so, yes, y'all need to decide how long y'all plan to stay and where y'all are going and what you're doing when you leave. Well, if no one else has brought up the subject, I would imagine that after a couple of weeks, uh, Russell would uh, gather everyone up, you know, later at night. Like, he, he tends to study when no one's around. He, he's very paranoid about people knowing what he's looking into. Probably at some point he'd gather gather the other two up or during the day say, Hey, meet me at the library, you know, at you know, an hour after midnight. Y'all gonna meet with Russell? I just go, how do you know when midnight is? <laughs> when the moon's roughly directly above your head. That's terribly inaccurate, but sure. It would be the middle of the night. <laughs> You ever notice um, how sometimes the moon's in the sky before the sun ever goes down? Things like that. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I haven't seen anyone here with a pocket watch or a water clock. So. I hold up my phone. <laughs> well, great. Can I have your spare? No. I don't have one. Well, then I'll wait for you to show up. And when you show up, I'll know it's midnight. <laughs> so do you do you do you want to meet at midnight or do you want to meet Mr. Cowboy at high moon? 
late tonight when everyone's gone to bed and there are going to be fewer people bossing around, nosing around trying to figure out our business, meet me in the library. All right. I like that you're zooming right past the uh, awesome high moon pun. Uh, Brigord will absolutely meet uh, with the, the gang in the library. Rick just walks away and like finger guns and just like, it's high moon. What the hell? That's what the DM was thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband, everybody. Um, okay, so uh, it will get dark. It will turn to night. Most people will be in bed. There is always some guards outside that stand in patrol and whatnot. Yeah, odds are Russell would already be in the library. Probably try to catch a game of cards in the later evening with whoever's awake, but after that, he'd make his way over. All right. And yes, if they did not have them, and we've been here a couple of weeks, Russell has got at least gotten his hands on some parchment or something and composed playing cards. They do have playing cards. Um, they're not familiar with uh, the games that you know, but you can teach them All easily. Oh, the <laughs> Let me teach you how to play like a schmuck. <laughs> so are y'all going to go meet Russell? Yes, counting my memes as I go. I'm the richest in the meme economy here. <laughs> so go to the library. I go to the library. Russell is in the library. What's up, Gramps? Hey, kid. So, uh... You seen Breaker? I am here. I got lost. There ah. are so m we didn't say where in the library. I've been here since ah. the sun went down. Just <laughs> <laughs> come out of a pile of books. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, uh, what are Where's we thinking Breaker about? Uh... Over? What was that? What are we thinking about uh, when we're going to get the hell out of here? I don't know. I, I feel we have much more to learn, but I feel we didn't sign on to become scholars. Perhaps we could set out with what we know, and if we must come back with our tails between our legs, we can take a remedial course. Hey, uh, if we're gonna set out, everybody give me your arrows. Fair enough. I'll give them back tomorrow. Okay, that was, that was my question. I was looking at you puzzled. You can't use all of our arrows at once. Someday. Someday, Breaker. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Y'all do have the map, anthropologist. Yeah. <laughs> what was the... What was the city... The name of the city that uh, Webb told me? Valinor. The Mage's Tower is in Valinor. Which, for those of y'all who have done some reading, Valinor is the biggest city 
in this world. It it's slightly bigger than than Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is catching up, but Valinor is the biggest city, and it is also the closest one to where you were at. What about uh, looking at the map? What about Veshna? Uh, Veshna is just a little t uh, farming town ah. that supplies uh, Fort Veshna with goods. Um, so, like, you, you, of course, will pass through that town on your way to Valinor, you know. But uh, it's it's a pretty small little community. That's what kind of thing saying is, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we need to pack our bags, but I mean, if we're, because uh, hell, there's there's a lot more to learn. Is everyone still here? Yeah, okay, I yeah, 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 That was the sound of Rick attempting another spell he shouldn't be attempting. Uh... Yeah. Conjure milk. <laughs> I can't make milk. <laughs> yeah, I don't got bullet that loud. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, no. Actually, if you check the uh, erotic spell list, <laughs> there's a just spell called Lactation. My god. Russell just grins real big. You want to bet about that, big guy? <laughs> Brigrod hangs his head. He read that book. <laughs> I would knock us out to cast it, though. That doesn't mean somebody here can't cast it. Get uh, a bunch of the same casters for our ritual. <laughs> it's a level one spell. I mean... Oh, is it? Oh, it's... oh, okay. I thought... Uh, I found a source that says it's level two. I, you're supposed to be going off of what I posted. Which you pinned for me. Oh, it's in the pins. Okay. There we go. Is it just me, or are you really... Is everyone else hearing Sean really soft? Or... Yeah, he's scooted away from his mic again. Uh, there. Okay, y'all are having a discussion on when to leave. Until somebody decided they needed milk. <laughs> Brigord is ready to go uh, whenever they are we have I, I guess I just said this but yeah um, whenever whenever everyone else feels we have enough uh, information and uh, the supplies needed to set out on our own uh, Webb said I need to get stronger if I want to cast fireball so whenever's good I need to go I don't know, travel or something. I don't know. I think that's how you get stronger in this sort of world. Well, yeah, you just 
get out there and get shit done, I suppose that'll work. It's just a matter of what we want to get done. Probably... A lot of shit. That was so specific. <laughs> Thank you for including that in this episode, Sean. <laughs> it's fucking midnight. Rick is tired. <laughs> Rigor's been yeah. roaming the, the aisles and stacks of this library for a few hours, so he could use a couple hours of sleep, too. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of it, Rick. Make me an intelligence check. Seventeen. It does occur to you now that you can charge your cell phone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I pull out my cell phone, which has been dead for days now, probably. <laughs> I'm just like, jolt, 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 jolt. I am a god. <laughs> just hold my phone back to life. Yeah, you still can't Google anything, but... Which is bullshit. But! Yeah, I, I thought you said that thing was gonna, you know, talk to other things like it and whatnot. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any towers nearby. I don't uh, That's kind of my reasoning, is what the hell are you going to use it for? Well, it still has a calculator, notes, can take pictures... Uh, I've got, uh, I've got books from school in here, so if there's something I need, I can do that. Music, uh, it does a bunch of shit on its own. Fair enough. Okay, I gotta know out of character, what model phone is it? Uh... A Samsung Galaxy S8. Is that the one that explodes? Maybe. Not this one. Because out of character, I mean, that thing's got a lie-on battery. I've got a really good use for it one time. <laughs> Wait, no, that that was um the Note 8, I think, that exploded. Wasn't it? I guess I should have privately messaged that to Tracy to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Random roll? I have no yeah. idea what cell phones do. Um, um, mine, most of the time, will let me text and check my board <laughs> and Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, well, if, if it... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And then some days it doesn't like to do nothing and I have to give it to Sean and he hits buttons and makes it work again. Yeah, I was hoping he said a, a model number and then I could privately message you and like, hey, this model number is known to explode. You know, do, do with that as you will. <laughs> hey, I did good today, Sean. Why is that? You know that little thing you always tell me I got too much stuff in on my phone? You know, in the storage thing? Temporary internet files? I remembered to clear it out today when my phone started oh, acting up. your cash. Nice. I'm proud of you, Tracy. It started acting up, and instead of saying, Sean, fix it, I remembered. And I did it by myself. 
And that's good. So I am teachable. Yep. I should get special chocolate for that. All right. So have y'all decided what you're doing? Yep. I'm ready to head out first light if, if that's what uh, everyone's uh, raring to do. Um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, I mean, before we head out with no notice, which I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm not objecting, but, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It's just walking off into the woods, heading vaguely towards the city. Maybe we can see if there's anything they need done here that they're willing to pay for. Because, I don't know about you, but I came over here with a gun, and even if I didn't, I doubt they're going to take currency. We have been given a lot of knowledge. It would be prudent of us to return the favor in some way. Yes, let's see what missions, quests, things, these people need of our skills. Kirk's just like, yeah, y'all can do that. I'm gonna be busy. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll see what I can dig up. See you in the morning. And that Russell go back to whatever book he had before uh, before everyone showed up or before. Rick showed up. You did you didn't know there was a brigade hiding in the library the whole time. So yeah, um y'all y'all go to sleep, wake up the next morning. What is everybody doing? Uh I didn't sleep. You didn't sleep. I, I, I spent my evening putting damage cantrips on all of the arrows. Wait, 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 wait. Damaged cantrips as in the cantrips are damaged or damage increasing cantrips? Cantrips that deal damage like acid okay. splash. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you were like pranking our arrows. Just wanted to be clear. <laughs> no. It's it's you after all. It is me. <laughs> all uh, right, Bri- so- making water. Does he always make water at the same time every morning? Is he real regular? Just when he wakes up. Just when he wakes up. Sometimes in the middle of the afternoon if he's if he's being uh, particularly hydrated. <laughs> he he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. <laughs> hmm. So, are you going to sleep after making the arrows? I mean, how long does it take me to enchant, like, fucking 60 arrows? Well, it's... The cantrips are going to take you, what, about six minutes? Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. (laughs) Because you said you were staying up all night, and I was confused. Yeah, so was I. (laughs) I'm I'm too used to enchantment taking a long fucking time. So yes. Uh then after six minutes I go to bed. Okay. 
then the question was, what do y'all do when y'all wake up? Stay in bed. Russell gets up. He's going to make his way towards uh, Arthur Dum uh, Drumwin. Alrighty. The guy who was assigned us our instructors. No, I'll, I'll change that. He's going to make his way to Aneth. That's that's who he's built a rapport with. Okay. That boy, he's going to kind of wake up and work on coffee or whatever proximity they have in this world. And morning there, Aneth. Good morning. So, uh, we got to talking about it last night, and uh, if we're gonna strike our way out, we'll, out uh, east towards this Valinor. Um, is there anything you think anyone here needs doing along the way? Um. Well, typically, when you leave, you're given a little bit of coin to get some provisions in uh, Veshna. And you can pick up work there sometimes. Fair enough. But uh, I guess then there's just one other thing. What is the most important thing you ain't got around to teaching yet? The main thing about the magic is to just be careful with it. Um, you don't want to hurt yourself. And you don't want to leave yourself in a bad position until you learn what it is you can and cannot do. And of course, the more you use it, the stronger you're going to grow. Fair enough. Well then, I suppose we'll be heading out some point today. Alright, uh, when y'all get ready to leave, just stop by and uh, talk to Arthur. Will do. It's been good. Thank you much. So yeah, when y'all get ready to leave, Arthur will give y'all each your starting gold. What is starting gold? Or how much gold is starting gold? Um, it varies on based on class. Mm. Let me oh. see. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. So it's just the standard class starting gold. Yep. Which you can take the average or you can roll if, if you feel like a lucky person. These, these people are not very fair. Uh, Brigor's got to make a point to uh, meet with Krint and, uh, you know, very reverentially uh, thank him for uh, all the training he's given him and everything he's opened his mind to. But yeah, are y'all going to take the average gold or roll? And we'll do that before. Uh, I'm going to roll. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, the gambler's going to roll. And it paid off. So oh. I got a... I rolled my 46 times 10 for 22 and got 220 gold. But 
for flavor, I'm going to say that Arthur gave me 150, and I just kept the 70 that I've won off the various people at the fort over the past few <laughs> weeks. There you go. I'm going to roll as well. Okay. That's kind yeah, of nah. middling. Uh, 10, 10. I got 140. Which is average. All right. Anyway. But basically what you're getting presented with, Brigard, is a wooden disc. Um, it's tied to uh, kind of a rope, like a tassel. And it has engravings all over it, uh, just like circle in circle, circle, circle of engravings. Um, and basically it's full of engravings of the divine symbols for all the known gods in this world. Okay. Awesome. Um, what does this do? Um, you can use it as a focus. If uh, you want to perform any rituals. And basically it's just all the known gods have their symbol there. So that uh, you can have a reference of them since your magic comes from them. And uh, I'll regard uh, uh, to run his finger along the, uh, the engraving of the, the craftsmanship is remarkable. I, I thank you for this. And I believe you owe me some gold. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I I forget my Ar my Arthur, my Arthur has the gold. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I'll I'll bow deeply and uh, take my leave of Krent and go see um, uh, Arthur. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Arthur is handing out uh, the gold, which, like I said, you can have your uh, class gold, you can have your average, or you can roll whichever. I've rolled twice this session, and there was a one and a three, so I'm going to take the average. I'm just looking to see what the barbarian uh, wealth was. 3d6 times 10. Average 105. Okay, I will take the 105, because I have been rolling so hot. <laughs> okay, cool. But y'all will get y'all's gold, and y'all will each be given a horse. Ha, that was going to be my next question. Nice. So you're only a day's worth of uh, travel from Veshna. Um, since it is pretty early in the day, you won't have any problem arriving to the little community. Um, about, you know, right around dark, a little after. Um, it is a, fa a small farming community. Um, there is a general goods shop. There is a blacksmith in town. Um, they typically are making things like nails and horseshoes and whatever. But they do have some weapons. Uh, just very standard. Nothing fancy to them that they have made and can make. Um, there is a tannery in town. Um, it is a quiet little place. Um, so there is, there is a tavern with an inn though that y'all can stay at as well as a stable for the horses. So it is up to y'all what y'all wants to do. Excellent. Well, 
everyone's got their things. Russell's gonna finally see the first thing in this world he's not necessarily a complete stranger to, and get up on the horse. <laughs> Uh, Rick would kind of like figure out how to uh, how how to get manage the horse and immediately try and like equate it in some way to a motorcycle. <laughs> well, a horse and a motorcycle are not exactly the same. Don't spoil this. <laughs> These are fairly well-trained uh, horses. So. Uh, I give everybody their magic arrows. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Or you need to tell them what spell you put on it. Um, you have... Uh, your your pick of an assortment of jolten or of one d three cold acid or electric damage to your twenty arrows, if, if if that's okay, or do you want me to? Well, you can do uh, one of each, and then let divide. Y'all can decide how to divide them up. I like that. Or. You can do 20 of each and take everybody takes some of each one or however you want to do it. Sure. We'll do it that way. So there's 20 cold, 20 acid, and 20 electric arrows. Who wants well, what? No one jumps up and stops him. Russell's going to grab 7 electric, 7 acid, and 6 cold. Uh, Brigard will grab seven cold, seven electric, and six acid. And that will leave me with the rest. Alright, make sure you write them down on your sheets. Can I charge uh, Rick's phone with an electric arrow? <laughs> I don't know if it'll fit in the charge port. Oh no, I'm going to shoot the screen. <laughs> it's magic, right? Sean? I would be uh, magic. No, that, that's not nope. how that works. No. Oh, damn. Be okay. One way to overcharge the lithium ion battery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brigord will. Uh... <laughs> that's a nat one for an arrow shot. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Roll a percentile die. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh. Uh... Is a zero zero and a four a four? My God, I got a four percent. That's fine. That that means you don't hit Rick in the process of trying to shoot his phone. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Brigord will uh, mount up on the horse and um, observe Rick doing that. Rick, make a handle animal check to see. How well you do with getting on this horse? Okay. That would be a 19. 
Okay, yeah, you don't have any problem mounting the horse. Congratulations. I'm used to dogs, not horses. Do you ride dogs? What the, what no. the hell are you doing mounting dogs, boy? <laughs> That's illegal even in my time. <laughs> no, I mean, just never mind. So yeah, y'all set off for Vishna. Um, the grasslands, um, really pretty easy to see across. About half halfway through the journey, they start turning into farm fields and grazing grounds. Um, I assume when you get to Vishna, you will stable the horses and stay at the inn. Yes. So, it's not a very busy place. There, there are always a few people in and out of the inn, but uh, it is a small community, so it's not extremely busy. You do now have to buy food and drink uh, or rent a room. Stuff is not free anymore. We're the travelers. Uh, in the week, in this week, uh, I'm going to say Brigor did take the time to learn how currency works instead of the barter system. So uh, I'll be a little not as useless when it comes to uh, purchases and everything. I don't want to bog that All down. Right. <laughs> this this inn and tavern we're stopping at. Does it? How lively? I mean, is there any type of crowd in it? Or uh, like, I said, there's a few people around. Uh, mostly just like farmers and ranch hands. <clears throat> Are they celebrating or? Happy or pretty mellow? Oh, uh, they're pretty much just in there after a hard day's work, trying to knock back a few drinks and unwind. So not, not after payday, necessarily. No. Darn. Okay. Yeah, Russell will make his way up towards the bar and lean over and wait for someone to say something. Um, There is a human man behind the bar. And he will walk up and be like, can I help you? Uh, hopefully. Uh, wow. <clears throat> Russell's accent disappeared there. Not that it doesn't keep changing. But yeah, uh, hopefully I was, uh, I was thinking maybe you have a few rooms to rent for uh, me and my companions here. Yes, sir. Got rooms. Got food and, uh, food and ale if that's your sort of thing as well. Excellent. Well, uh, three rooms, three beds, and, uh, three hot meals, and, uh, I'll be taking care of that. Alright. As, uh, five copper will get you a room and three meals a day. If you want to do it in, in bulk. Fair enough. That'll work. So that's, uh, one and a half silver? Yes, sir. Excellent. Just got here. Starting to learn the inversions. I just pull out two silver and uh, something stronger than ale that uh, that comes in a hopefully tiny glass. <laughs> well, we got we got some whiskey. That'll be perfect. So he'll he'll start getting the meal set up and the drinks served. Um, the fair here's nothing nothing fancy. Um, 
but it it is feeling 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 there we go i can talk um like i said these these are not well-to-do people but uh they produce all the food for the fort so food is not not a, on the shortage here so uh y'all would get your meals get your drinks um and be given keys to the rooms Excellent. I'll gather up my meal and my drink and kind of look towards the others and be like, well, I figured we bed down for the evening, maybe conduct any business we need doing before we head out tomorrow, or do y'all want to stay an extra day? Weren't we looking for a job or something to do? That's, uh, that's a good point. You know, that's why I keep you around. Rick narrows his eyes. Just like, sure, Gramps, that's why you keep me around. Doesn't have anything to do with that magazine in my bag. No, no. Yeah. Nah, that's awfully impolite of a gentleman to kiss and tell, but you keep your magazine, kid. So, by, by, the, by the way, uh, I've, been, I've been meaning to ask you about some of, some of the pages that are stuck together. You know anything about that? Nah, wouldn't wouldn't not know a thing. Nah, I imagine though, um, you should have maybe asked Thea before we left. <laughs> Just throw it at him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so y'all are going to sleep, and I'm gonna let y'all have y'all's break while we're sleeping. And uh, I'm going to give y'all a 20-minute break because y'all are going to level up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. For all that training you did with your magic. And Josh made you food, so you're going to eat. Oh, he's still cooking. Oh, okay. All right. I ain't even worried about that. But, yeah. (laughs) um, Basically, rule of thumb is any group that actually ends up staying past the week gets to level up for training long enough for their magic. Oh, nice. So y'all made a good decision. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dusters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at hexgridheroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. And again, Thank you for listening to the Dustress Podcast. We are all very excited and very proud of what we're putting out here. And as always, the Elder Gods are watching. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. 
In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Hey everyone, this is Sean, the voice of Rick. I run an Eldritch Dream Games and GM the Eterna podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Eterna P, at Eldritch Dream, and at Dustress Podcast. We're super excited to be here and making content and playing these awesome games. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone. guys probably the, like the zone. zone. Everywhere. You guys, Everywhere you get I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody. May the elder gods haunt your dreams.